Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. So um, today is uh, Praxis Sunday, and, and three times a year, we like to take these moments to pause and reflect on where the Lord's taken us in this past season, um, just to really hone in on, on what He's been speaking, where He's been taking us, and then allow that to kind of be this foundation for us to be able to look at the vision for the next season and where He's taking us next. And, um, you know, we're five and a half years into this whole thing called City Beautiful Church, and and I think it's just as true of our individual lives as it is our communal lives to just pause and to say, are we still who God has called us to be? Are we still being faithful? And I'm sure many of you have discovered in your journey with Jesus that whatever you anticipated uh, when you started, that almost certainly isn't where you've ended up. Um, but if you're faithful, it's actually better. Um, and so much of this past season for our community has been asking those kind of questions. Are we still being faithful to be this specific expression of church that's been called to this time and to this place? And just one of the ways that we've been exploring that, of course, is through creativity. And so a few people in our community were able to put this uh, video together that kind of sums up decently well who we are today. And we were joking as it was coming together. It's almost like we come here, we worship, and then we go out to eat. And that's essentially, that's what City Beautiful Church is, which isn't too far from the truth. Um, But of course, there's so much more that's happening in it, and that's what we're going to be talking about uh, this evening. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to talk about vision for today. And so Heavenly Father, we testify to the truth that you're here, and that you're with us, and that you are for us. Lord, we don't want to go any farther tonight if we don't abide right there. Because anything else that we say is so easily going to take us into that place where we're just kind of rushing to catch up, or we feel like we need to fix ourselves before we get to you. Um, We're already there, Lord. Just teach us how to open our eyes, how to see you, how to see you moving, how to see you gazing upon us. Um, Father, we have high expectation for what you want to do in our community this year, um, but we want to start uh, right here in this moment. And so bless us um, with an awareness of your presence. We pray all of these things in the strong name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so I want to speak a little bit about where we've been. When I think about, uh, when I think about this idea of vision, um, I almost see it like one of those old looms, you know, that they would weave a tapestry on. And it's like every time the Lord gives us vision, He's actually weaving one new strand into this tapestry, and then He gives us more vision, and He continues to weave it. And then over a period of seasons, an image starts to form. And I think a lot of times that's what identity really looks like. I don't think there's anybody in this room that would be a surprise if I said, do you know that you're a son or a daughter of the living God? You know, we all understand that, but the real work is how do we abide in the truth of that identity? How do we discover what that identity means, not just on a Sunday evening, but on a Monday morning, on a Wednesday night, on a Saturday afternoon? What does it mean when I'm alone? What does it mean when I'm at work? What does it mean when I'm surrounded by people? What does it mean when I have to make the hardest decisions I've ever had to make? What does it mean when I feel like nothing in my life is moving forward and I feel stuck? Those are the places where your identity gets worked out. Those are the places where your identity actually starts to mean something. 
And so I, as we're moving through this season as a church, we're looking back at how much God has spoken over us. And as we look back, we can see his fingerprint at work in our stories and we can begin to name things and say, oh, there he is. And by extension, oh, there we are. That's who we're called to be. You see, I think a lot of times in our modern era, we confuse vision for branding, right? Um, the designer Yves Saint Laurent said that there's a difference between fashion and style. Uh, fashion changes every six months, but style is eternal. That's why, men, you can never go wrong having a, a button-up blue Oxford shirt in your wardrobe. Conversely, MC Hammer pants. That's what I'm talking about. Those are the differences. You know, and a lot of times when we're talking about vision for church, what we really need is, is sweet branding. We need neat phrases. We need the bright and shiny thing that can occupy us and excite us for about six months, and then we need something else. And the strange thing that I've learned about vision um, is that it hasn't actually changed in like 2,000 years, maybe longer. It's always been the same thing for the people of God. And that's to love him with all of our heart and to love our neighbors as ourselves and to follow Jesus. And that's universal. That's the universal calling for the capital C church, the people of God, the family of God, whatever language you attach to it. But I think out of that calling comes the individual calling or the individual expression for each church. And a vision for our church is to say, how are we uniquely positioned in this moment, in this part of God's story, to be able to love God and to love the people around us and to follow Jesus? What does it look like for our community to uniquely embody that universal call for the church? And that's really where we begin to step outside of just branding and actually start talking about vision. So over the past couple of years, the Lord has been gracious enough to give us a few phrases that have almost been that, that guiding uh, post for each of, each of the years that we've been in existence. And so a couple years ago, many of you will remember that our, uh, our kind of vision for the season was family living in heavenly reality. We're saying, okay, if we are the family of God, if this is less about us choosing in as if, you know, there's some sort of contract that we've agreed to, and it's more about recognizing that we have been chosen into God's family. How does that change the dynamics of how we relate to one another? And so we allowed, um, uh, you know, all of our conversation to be about learning how to be family and then learning how to be a family inside of that heavenly perspective, that as we enact heaven between us in our relationships, it kind of shines out from this place. Uh, last year, uh, our main vision for the year was loving community for bold exploration, and so we began by using the Gospel of John to, to reveal to each of us that we are the beloved and that God makes the first move by pursuing us. And then asking, well, what does it look like for us to respond to God's pursuit of us, to recognize that we are the beloved and to seek after Him? And then everything that we were doing after that was about bold exploration. How do we come from this place of loving community and step into the deep unknown? I've mentioned several times my favorite uh, verse in the entire Old Testament, and the people stood afar off and Moses entered into the thick darkness where God was. That we actually find that God is in the unknown. God is in the uncharted territories. God is in the place that we have not yet been. But when we are loving one another well, it actually becomes the platform for that exploration. That we don't have to shut down the place of questions and curiosity that so many of us unfortunately have experienced within the church. But we can actually stimulate that and allow that to lead us deeper into God's presence. 
And so throughout this journey, each of the visions that God has given us for the year have begun to shape who we are. And I think, you know, our identity, it's almost like divining for water. If you've ever seen, you know, back in the old days in the Wild West, they'd have this kind of V-shaped stick and you'd walk around in the desert and you know somewhere under the, under the ground there's water. Somewhere under there there's a well and, and you're just in a question of trying to find it. And then you're able to tap into something that's always been there. I think for each of us, our identities operate very much that way. We know it's there, we can sense it, but we're kind of looking for the place to access it. But instead of it being guided by a stick, or maybe demons, depending on your opinion on divining, we're actually guided by the Holy Spirit to find the place where we can tap our well and to say, ah, yeah, there it is. It's always been there. You know, your, your sonship, your daughtership, it's always been there. But you have to kind of dig beneath the surface to discover it. And the identity of our community is the same. It's always been there. But as we continue to bind ourselves to one another, as we pursue God together, we're beginning to discover what that identity really looks like. So uh, our banner statement, our vision statement for this year is telling God's story with everything that we are. Yay! You guys can clap so I can open this. I think a good vision... Uh, leaves us with good questions. If you can easily understand vision the first time you hear it, it's not very good vision. If you're already seeing the realities of something in its fullness, it's not vision. And so a good vision, it gives us enough of a trajectory that we know where we're headed. We know the general direction that God's calling us to, but it also stimulates this curiosity within us that we begin to ask the right kinds of questions. Because a good vision is supposed to, to kindle that divine imagination that is within each one of us, that we, become, we, we find ourselves at the feet of Jesus asking the right questions and kind of linking arm in arm with one another as we're heading on down the road. And so there's kind of a few questions that for me, um, this, this vision automatically kindles up. And when I'm talking about vision, this isn't like me going off into the, the desert for 40 days and then coming back and all of a sudden God's given me this phrase. You know, I think some people operate that that way, that's not me. The way that we kindle vision in our communities, it's through conversation with one another, through uh, a sensitivity in our leadership and our elders as we're trying to pick up on what God is saying, what God's already stirring up within the community, and then kind of casting our eyes over the horizon to the next place, and then bringing all of that together and saying, how can we kind of bundle this in a way that it carries us to that next place? But as I said, it asks those good questions of us. The first question I think our vision asks of us is, who are we? Well, who are we? If we're supposed to tell God's story with everything that we are, we need to know who we are first. Because the more that you are um, rooted in your identity, the more confidently you can seek outward, outwardly to love other people well, to tell them the story. You see, when you and I, when we don't know each other, what our interactions with other people look like? They very quickly can become manipulative or desperate or we're seeking other people to affirm us or to give us identity, right? We begin to suck the life out of the people around us. But when we're confident within our identities in God, when we're able to stand in that place of intimacy with Him, then our relationship with other people is more confident and we know the story we're telling them. We know what it is that we're beckoning them into. 
And so a lot of this is us discovering, not only does it, are we asking what does it mean for us to be the church, the capital C church, the people of God, but what does it mean for us as City Beautiful? And so our first series of the year, we're going to be talking through each of our values that we have as a community. There are nine values in total, and through the fall, um, the elders and Daniel and myself were talking through these values and saying, do these still ring true for us? Is there, is there anything that we need to add or take away or refine that really really kind of articulates who we are in this very moment. And so the, the value series is going to be ask, answering the particulars of that question. That what we're really saying then, if we're saying that we are called to tell God's story with everything we are, is that the church, one way of looking at it, is that we are the people of God gathered around his story, that we're oriented around his story and allow his story to tell us who we are. And so the second uh, two questions that it asks of us after who are we is, well, how do we tell the story and to whom? And so the, our value series is going to take us up until Easter. And then after Easter, we're going to enter into a series where we're going to be talking about how we go out and tell the story. It's that big scary word in church, evangelism. Right? And, and for many of us, that word has been tainted. We think it's either for a very few group of people that are, that are actually gifted to go out and to argue the world into compliance with the gospel, and the rest of us are just supposed to sit back and read our Bibles and maybe pray for a distance. But we actually want to rescue and redeem that idea to say, no, all of us are called to go out. And with everything that we are and everything we do, we're telling a story. And what kind of story are we telling with our lives in the way that we interact with people? in the kind of jobs that we'll say yes to and we'll say no to, in, in how our finances are oriented, in the way that we meet the stranger, in the way that we meet the friend. However it might be, we're always telling a story. And are we allowing ourselves to tell the right story in that? And one of the things that we've really recognized about the mission of our church is that we are called to come alongside of people in our city that know that there must be something more. And these, a lot of people, like many people in this room, you've grown up in church, you know the language, you know the story to some extent, you've worshipped and you've immersed yourself in the word and you've been a faithful member of a church your entire life, but you still come to this place where you say, I think that there's still something more here. This feels less like a conclusion and more like a continuation of a journey. And I think that's why so many of us have found ourselves in this church, because we knew that there was something more than what we had been experiencing up until that moment. But I think it's just as true of the person that's never met Jesus and has never stepped foot in a church, that there's so many people uh, in, in our generation and in our city that feel that sentiment. I was actually just talking to a friend of mine this week about, you know, the kind of the rise of spirituality in our generation, that so many people, they know that there's something behind the veil, they know there's a thing beyond the thing, but there's nobody coming around these people to kind of to name it and to point them to Jesus. I was telling him I was I was hanging out with a friend a few weeks a uh, few years ago. We were talking about another mutual friend of ours who was uh, a merch manager for Skrillex, and I was saying, well, you know, how's how's our friend doing? He said, oh, he's doing pretty well. He's been dating this girl for a little while, and yeah, and he also got into black magic. And I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah, he got into black magic. I'm like, like with a K? Like magic with a K? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, this is a thing that people do? But, you know, there's this hunger. There's this desire. In our generation, I think there is an awakening to the reality of the spiritual realm. But what we're hungering for 
is people that are willing to come alongside of people who intuitively know that there's something more and to infirm that and to say there is, there is something more. And it's the God that's revealed in Christ Jesus. And so we want to be a community of people who are willing to walk the journey well, to teach other people how to question well, how to wrestle well, not giving succinct small little answers, but actually walking people into real lived-in encounters with the living God as revealed in Jesus, where they find the same transformation that you and I have found in our lives. And I think that's really where we're headed in this coming year. When I was thinking about a text that kind of sums up this vision so beautifully, I was brought to uh, the beginning of the first letter from the community of John. And so John founded this church in southern Turkey, and I love that there's three letters from them, and they speak so much out of John's personal experience of Jesus. You know, John had the honor of walking alongside of Jesus for three years in his ministry, and his community never necessarily had that firsthand experience, but they're walking through life in the first century with the spirit of Jesus. And this is how they chose to start their letter that's kind of almost their manifesto for their church community. It says this, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it when we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. And there's two kind of points that I want to extract out of it. The first is this. For John's community, it was such a sensual and tactile experience of Jesus. There's a reason they did not choose to start off their manifesto by saying, that which we have intellectually agreed on, the following 95 doctrinal statements, and then you sign on the dotted line, and now you're a member of this community. There's a reason they didn't start out with that. They said, no, that which we've seen and which we've tasted, and we've felt, and we've experienced something. Everything they talk about with Jesus is so sensual. And if it's not experiencing it through the Spirit of Jesus directly, it's experiencing the reality of Jesus from among the fellow believers that have been bound together as his family. And so for them, it was tactile. It was experiential. That's what it meant for it to be true. That's what it meant for it to be real. And so what, almost what they're saying in the beginning of this is we've been transformed by the story of God, that which was from the beginning. And we've understood the truth of Christ, that God is rescuing the world in Jesus, and now we're going to proclaim that same story to you so you might have that same encounter, that you might be transformed as we have been transformed. And that kind of leads me to the second point that I want to draw from this text. Complete joy comes not just in experiencing God, but by sharing Him with the world around us. If we only have this expectation that we come to God to receive something from Him, then we only have half a joy, which is to say we only have half a faith. Now, what we see in the disciples is that for a significant portion of Jesus' ministry, when he first met them, they really were just receiving from him. They were learning. They were asking questions. They were observing. But there comes a point in the ministry where Jesus says, okay, now it's time for you to go out and to do what I'm doing and believe that you're actually going to do more and greater. And then you're going to come back 
and you're going to ask questions, and we're going to wrestle with it, and we're going to work through it, and then you're going to go out again and again and again. Because Jesus knew that's what makes joy complete. If we think it's just about us coming here to receive something, just to have our needs met, we only have half a faith, and we will never experience true joy. And you'll never stop being a disciple. You'll never stop receiving from Jesus. But at some point in your personal walk with him, you have to begin to look outward and you have to be able to give wherever he leads you to. And so that's really what we're going to be focusing in on in this year, telling God's story with everything we are so that we see our faith made complete. We see the circuit connected. We see the circle made whole and we find that we're in full and complete joy. And so I want to invite you to stand with me. And we're, we're going to, uh, in a moment, uh, just continue on in musical worship. But I want us to take this time um, just to pray. And I just want you, if you're comfortable, you can close your eyes. You can put your hands out in front of you, however, however you see fit. But really, we just want to take a moment. And we want to pray for this next season in our community as the Lord leads us. Because... There's no amount of statements or graphics or videos that are going to enkindle the divine imagination that we need as a church community to know where God's taking us. He needs to do that work in each of us, but we need to be open to be able to receive it. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to take a moment just for you to do some work with the Lord, to open up your ears to hear His voice, to open up your eyes to see where He might be taking us, to open up your heart uh, to be able to receive His truth, and then we're going to worship. Um, so, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that, that you speak today, that we don't have to operate on the, the rumors of your existence, that we don't just have to rely on things that you've done in the past, but we also get to experience you in this moment, and that each of us can hear your voice, and each of us can respond to it. But Lord, you, not only do you speak to us as individuals, you also speak to us as a community. You speak to us as a body. And we thank you that, Lord, you are so gracious to give us these guiding words that will help us into the next season of our church life, that will help us to, to all raise up in maturity in the fullness of Christ. And so, Lord, would you right now send your Holy Spirit to fill us from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet. Open, open us up, Lord. Teach us how to trust you to speak and give each one of us the divine imagination that we need to see this vision come true, to become a reality in our community, to be one more piece that is woven into the tapestry of our church community and the story that we desire to tell. So Holy Spirit, come and speak. We give you permission to move right now. Father, how, how silly of us to think that we're somehow not connected to your creation. <laughs> that somehow that we have this special exemption um, from what we see time and again in our own scriptures, that all of creation proclaims the truth of who you are. Every leaf, every rock, every star, all of it proclaims your glory, your goodness, your presence. And how silly of us to think that we're exempt from that, that somehow we're not worthy of, of entering into that chorus with all of creation and singing of your praises, of making you known in places that you have yet to be known. Father, continue to show us 
our place in that story. That, that we're at this moment in history because we're, we're, we're being handed the, the torch from the next generation to continue to tell the story, to say God is alive and as active today as he has ever been. And Father, may we steward our time, this precious little amount of time that we have here on this planet to tell the story well in thought, word, and deed. May we steward that so well that we all hear your call to us. Well done, my good and faithful servants. We pray all of this again in your holy and precious name. Amen. And so not only do we use praxis to kind of talk about vision for the rest of our year, but we also talk about the practicalities of how we're going to live that out. So I want to invite all of you to take a seat. And everybody in the back, I want you to come and to, to sit in a chair up here um, because we're going to be, this piece, piece is going to be a little bit more interactive. Um, so I want, I want to introduce you to one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Mark Jackson. Hi, family. And um, for those of you that don't know, Mark leads our discipleship team, um, which has been going for the better part of a year and kind of uh, walking us through these different um, initiatives that kind of are really sensitive to the season that we're in as a community and saying like, okay, how do we, how do we disciple one another in the next thing that God's going to be doing? So um, tell us a little bit about the discipleship team overall, Mark. So the discipleship team, just like Ryan said, like uh, we are connected to the community and we want to hear the heartbeat and respond in kind because every church is different and our church is unique. Amen? Amen. And so we want to respond in a way that is unique to our community um, because discipleship can look a number of different ways. Um, and so after a lot of prayer and meeting, uh, our team got together and we had to pen down something concrete, something that we could get behind and the definition that we came up with for City Beautiful as what discipleship looks for us is creating a foundation for belonging and challenging one another to become more like Christ, cultivating relationships that foster spiritual refinement in individual lives. Yeah. It's good. Long definition. Um, and it, it's, it's, I, I love it because even like Lorena last week when she was sharing about um, this next season in discipleship, kind of honing on on those two words, belonging and challenging. We've talked about that a lot as a community, that discipleship is so much about belonging, but it's not just about belonging. You know, it's not just about you're, you're, you're okay where you are and there's never going to be any change. Heaven forbid we stop changing. The moment that we stop changing as human beings is the moment that we're dead. And I don't think anybody of us want that. Um, but the other half of it is that challenge that we're challenging one another, that we're spurring one another forward. But it's not all challenge. You know, if we, we end up just on the challenge side, we can enter into a form of legalism that says, unless you perform correctly, you're not allowed to be here. But again, on that other extreme, you can be here, but there's no expectation that you're going to grow. And we want to live in that creative tension between those two ideas of belonging and challenging. And that's really where I think um, discipleship happens. And so, um, Mark, tell us a little bit about, you know, the past few seasons and where we've been. So we've always explored what does discipleship look like as an ever-evolving season? Uh, and last season, uh, the summer, we went through a summer of discipleship, and we had over 50 people from our community choose in. I'm going to partake in this thing for 15 weeks. We had eight, nine different leaders that, that we broke down into smaller groups, and we just said, hey, leaders, we want you to have small, intimate conversations. We want you to lead as the Spirit leads. And we gave some rough curriculum, but we said, this is 
ultimately we want you to see the group that you're leading and we want you to know the group that you're leading uh, so build that community relationship but then also point them and walk uh, more in a direction towards God as your group is most geared um, and so it was a really beautiful time where we had uh, a men's group that concentrated so much on how do I become a better husband how do, how do I become a better father? How do I become a better man? We had uh, another woman's group that was just, I just need a space where I can exist because my life, my world is so crazy and it's taking me to the ends of myself. I just need a place to be. And among sisters, it's a safe place. And so it was a really cool opportunity for us to explore and see what our community was doing. And so it was a beautiful opportunity to know that everyone's different, every group is different, and kind of explore that in a unique way. And so we've had these, uh, these ongoing monthly groups that are gonna continue on throughout the winter, spring, into summer. The first is Beloved. How many of you have been to a Beloved night before? Okay, a good few of you. Um, I love that, that Beloved at its core is just about um, being known by God. Um, and, uh, and, and being known by one another. And so this is the, it's the first Friday of every month, and that's actually going to be this coming Friday, February 2nd. Um, and Greg and Annie Singleton are gracious enough to open up their home, uh, and the team just creates this really sweet space for you to come and just to be with God. It's a little bit more open, a little bit more flexible than what we're capable of doing here on a Sunday. Um, and so many people come come out of that with stories of what God specifically said to them and something within them has shifted. They've given, gotten a little bit of a different trajectory or kind of, um, you know, a new inspiration for something in their lives. And so I highly encourage you, if you haven't been to that yet, um, this Friday, February 2nd, you'll find all the details um, on the weekly. And our second monthly group is called Marrieds. And this is for all of you engaged and married couples out there. And this is the second Friday of every month. Um, and so this started up kind of over the summer. Um, and it was really fulfilling. You know, I felt at the beginning of last year, the Lord was saying, I'm strengthening the core of our community. And that was one of the ways that we really wanted to see that uh, play itself out was the married and engaged couples in our community coming around one another, praying for each other, providing that space for belonging, but also challenging one another. And it's been so sweet to hear the stories out of that as well, like whether it's people that are getting ready to start their journey of marriage. For example, Garrett and Becky got married yesterday. Yeah. We did it. So now we're counting how, how, how long do you think it's going to be for the Callahan baby? Ooh. I don't know. We didn't, I didn't talk to them about that. Maybe you guys have better information about their plans. But anyway. Uh, ten, months, ten months and two days. Ten months and two days. Okay. Anybody want to take an over-under on that? No? All right. Um, so we've got groups that are just starting. We've got groups that have been together for a couple of years. You know, couples that have been together for a couple of years, for a couple of decades. Uh, and it's just been such a sweet place um, for, for people that are stepping into what I think is one of the most beautiful symbols that we've been given in the church of what it looks like uh, for God to woo his people. Um, and we need those symbols to be enacted really well in our community so we know what God looks like. Uh, and that's been one of the groups that we're seeing that happen. Um, so those are going to continue on, but we have uh, this new discipleship initiative that we're going to be stepping into this coming week. Which is called dun, da, 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 Rooted. I love our graphic. We have a really cool, I love our creative team. They do great jobs. Um, but Rooted is basically, the mission statement behind Rooted is uh, to create an environment for each of us to encounter God, grow in our relational connections, and initiate deeper discipleship that results in an outward flow of God's life to the world all around us. 
And so, you know, one of the things I see is that church is kind of like this incubator. You know, as I've said before, we, we come into this space and we tell one another the story so that it interprets who we are. And we do that through word, we do that through worship, we do that through prayer and prophecy, all of these different little elements to the ecosystem of the church community where we're telling one another the story and we're building ourselves up in that story so that we can kind of go back out and carry that story with us. Um, And so anything that we do as a church is not some sort of a conclusion, but it's actually meant to instill something far deeper in us than just the program, than just, um, you know, the, the branded evening or whatever it is. And that's really one of the things that the discipleship team feels strongly um, for this rooted initiative is that each Wednesday, we're going to come into this place um, to tell each other the story and to become more rooted in it so that we have greater confidence in who we are and we can go back out. Right. So what, what I loved from uh, what Ryan said during the first service, I don't know if he said it during the second, but as you're, as you're more comfortable knowing your own identity, you can operate more fully from that. And, and the thing that I love is we decided and, and we made a, a present initiative that we want to take whatever we hear on Sunday and we want to press into that on Wednesdays because we believe that we all hear from God and, and God still speaks today. And as Ryan, as our pastor leads, he sets a vision and from that vision, then we have a curriculum of studies and teachings that go on every Sunday, but, but we don't talk as a people group um, about it any given Sunday night. Uh, and so what we want to do is on Wednesdays, we want to dig into, okay, we, three days later, what did you guys think? What rang true? What did God say to you through that? What do you have questions about? Because it's okay to have questions. It's okay to go, hey... I'm going to this church and, and they want to do this thing. I, I, I don't disagree with it. I just want to better understand it. That that's the place to really ground yourself. Um, and from that standpoint, you can better root yourself in this community that's called City Beautiful. Uh, and so that looks like a number of different ways. We're going to operate through the night um, in a number of different ways that, like a root system, starts from a large root, starts from everyone gathering together. We're going to worship. We're going to um, pray for each other. We're going to uh, begin to cover what, what did we talk about the Sunday before. And then from that, we're going to actually break up into smaller groups, into groups of 12 to 16 people. And we're going to go off into different rooms to where we're going to have more intimate conversations. And then from there, we're actually going to break off even smaller uh, to groups of two to four people to where we can have very key conversations. Who are the people that you engage with very closely that you can begin to have more intimate, more close conversations because that is the core is we wanna know Jesus but we also want to grow closer and we wanna refine each other. And so through those refinements of smaller and smaller conversations where you share more and more about your heart, more and more about what you think and more and more about where God exists in that, refinement happens. And that is kind of a very rough outlay of what the nights are going to look like, where it's going to be big, everyone together, and then smaller, everyone gets a voice, everyone gets to begin to talk through things, and then smaller, hey, you are my person, you are my people, how are you, how how has God been acting enacting in your life, and how has that been flowing through you, to be both a, a reinforcement and a challenge. 
Um, so we're actually going to practice this right now just to get a little bit of flavor of what these Wednesday night gatherings are going to look like. So if you noticed, you're kind of bunched in groups of three, four, five. Some of you might have to move. But we're actually going to take uh, a good 10 minutes and just have these conversations within our community. And so we have kind of three questions that we want to pose to you um, this evening. Uh, number one, how would you describe our church's identity? Um, which I think would be a really interesting challenge if this is your first night. Yeah. <laughs> you, you may not have a lot to go on. That's okay. Um, what, is it, what is it that has drawn you here? What is it that's kept you here? Like, what do you see in our church's identity, even as we're discovering it, as we're learning to articulate it? Secondly, what does it mean to you uh, to tell God's story with everything we are? What does that kindle within the deepest places within yourself? What are the kind of questions that leads you to? Um, what are the kind, what's the kind of imagination uh, that it, that it um, opens up within you? And then finally, where do you think this vision might take us in the next season? What do you anticipate? I mean, where, what, not only was what the Lord's saying right now, but where might he be taking us um, in the near future? So um, I want to encourage you, if you're in a group of three, four, five, go ahead and turn into one another. You can move your chairs. Some of you might need to move to get with a group of people. We're going to take a good 10 minutes uh, just to discuss, and then I want you guys to, to pray over one another in this. All right, if you want to start uh, bringing it back, turning your seats around and whatnot, finishing your last sentences. <clears throat> Great. This is good. You know, there's always that phrase, talk is cheap, and I don't like that phrase. Talk is inexpensive, which is nice. We should use it more. We should talk more. Um, because I think through talking, we begin to you know, inform ourselves, and it leads us to right action. Um, so before we step into worship, um, I, I want to invite someone up the stage, Mark Vandervenet, if you'd come up here. <clears throat> so, um, you know, uh, we're, we're really blessed to have a lot of people that come through our community for uh, a season, and they kind of go out from this place, and they go all over the country uh, and all over the world. And, and Mark actually moved up to Nashville a few months ago um, at the behest of the Lord. Uh, and it's been really great spending a couple days with him, just hearing his heart and what's been going on there and, and, and just seeing how much he's growing. But it was so sweet. Like after, you know, talking about the vision and just each of us kind of asking the Lord to give us a vision or give us that divine imagination um, so that we can see it as well, just Mark had this really wonderful um, uh, vision for us as a community. Um, so if you're okay with it, just to share that vision and then kind of pray it into existence over us. Yeah, of course. I love you, Mark. Love you too, bro. He was my roommate when I lived here. Um, Kevin's awesome. Everyone should meet Kevin. Uh, so when Ryan asked us all to pray, I haven't done it in a while, but I was, well, I've prayed a lot. Let me <laughs> rephrase. I have prayed. He's obviously thriving spiritually here. Uh, what I meant to say was I haven't like pressed in to ask for like pictures or words or things from the Lord in a while. And I asked the Lord for a picture and immediately I saw the earth and I was like, Lord, what does that mean? And he, I felt like he said, what I'm going to do in this season is bring city beautiful into a place of unity with each other and a place of unity with me. That is a similar representation of how it was back in Eden. Um, of how Adam and Eve were like so tied to the Lord, walking with him in the garden, like 
like being this, like they could touch God, like they were with him. And so I feel like that's the season that's going to come over uh, you guys, well, us, because this is my home too. Even though I don't live here, this is, this is where I came from. So yeah, so I just want to pray and like release that over, over everybody. Um, so just get into a posture of receiving, whatever that looks like, however that feels comfortable to you, arms out, whatever. Just you guys get comfortable. Um, Yeah, God, I just thank you so much for this community. I thank you for this place that this is where you have just done so much, where you have cultivated my heart, that you have given me a foundation for where I'm at now. And I'm just so honored for this community and for what has come out of this community. And I just thank you for it, Lord. I bless this place. I bless every leader here. I bless everyone that's sitting here and that you would just move in their lives right now and just continue to move in their life. And so God, I just release that picture over them and just declare it that this will be a season of unity that has been unparalleled between everyone and between you, that there will be a unity that hasn't been reached or hasn't been experienced before in this community. So I just thank you, God. I thank you so much. We love you, God. We love you so much, Papa, and we thank you for what you're doing. We want more of you, God. We want more of you. No matter what we're doing, no matter what we say, ultimately, God, our hearts want more of you because you are our creator. You are our Father. You are our everything. And so we want more of you, God. We say yes to what you're doing. And we just, I just ask that you would release just your presence and that unity into this place. So I just thank you, God, and just lift this up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's uh, stand together and worship. And as we sing, we're singing the story over one another. This has been the City Beautiful Church podcast. To stay connected, follow us on social everywhere at City Beautiful CH. We hope you join us again soon.